0: Warning. The guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. We're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris. The Heartbeat in Relationship Conversation. Sexy beautiful, let you hear Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax, and I'm with my good friend Lauren Michaels Harris. Hey, hey. I mean Dr. Lauren Michaels
1: no, 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 Harris. No, 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 no. Let's take it, it from the top, Cowboy Jax. I mean, doctor. there, put some <laughs> British behind it, so it sounds legitimate. No, but thank you. I'm excited. Good to yeah. be
0: here. Yeah. So you guys are listening to the License for Love podcast, and this episode is called Like a Rock, right? And today, we're going to be talking to the other half of our part one episode, if you haven't watched it yet, from the one breath at a time, literally. Um so we'll be able to get the the husband's perspective, the family man's perspective. And uh, I'm really excited to be able to to have this two parts in the series. But before we get to that, um, Lauren, uh, you've really been going through it lately. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about
1: what's been shaking out, Bacon? Well, remember a couple of weeks ago when Lindsay was here. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesse, Jesse, what was it, I I would think I went to Miami and I spoke in Miami and I came back with this exotic flu bug intestinal, it was horrible, I lost like 16 pounds, um, soon as that cleared it was time to go to Atlanta a couple of weekends ago to get the uh, old honorary doctorate degree and I came back from there and the very next day I was positive for COVID. First time, double vaxxed, and it was just one thing after the next. But outside of sounding like Louise Jefferson, I'm almost 100% back. So a little COVID head, foggy, but I'm just grateful to be here. How are things on your side of the pond, Cowboy Jacks? How you been?
0: Well, first and foremost, I'm, I'm glad that the other half of the hashtag, the diversity duo is, is alive and well. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. We just, uh, we just dropped Jesse G's, um, episode yesterday. And I think that it is, she's very happy and excited. And so, um, I've just been balls out, man. Like it's been, it's been crazy over here. I got like five different projects going on. on, Hold Um, on,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, Diversity duo. Now you know damn well you're not going to just sit up here and say balls out and I'm not going to back the car up and say, wait a minute. (laughs) What did you just say? (laughs) You make it too easy. (laughs) I'm just saying, can you play a little bit hard to get jacks? Just a little bit. You're going to scare Brad off yeah. before he even gets in. He's probably already backing his Ford F-150 out of the parking lot. Come back, fella! Okay. <laughs> anyway, we're going to have a lot of fun today. I'm really excited about this episode. Yeah,
0: yeah I am too. And I think one of the big concentrations, uh, you know me and my my iPad and, and my research, um, I really want to talk today about The reason that the episode's titled Like a Rock, right, is because men by default, and and I would like to know if this is the same way in the LGBTQ plus community, um, tend to take on this, this this stoic um, bearing the weight of everything, everything is going to be fine. Like, you know, Brad in the pre-interview was saying, well, if you want to talk, about my family, if you wanna talk about the foundation, if you wanna talk about my wife, I can talk about all of that. But I mean, there's really no reason to talk about me. And I think that we see this a lot. Do, Do you and Brian deal with this at
1: all? I don't, well, no, I don't think so. No, you guys are
0: just very like, both very just open and vulnerable and
1: Pretty much, pretty much, because I mean, I'd be pretty boring if I just didn't, you know. I, I treat content like produce. When you walk in the grocery store, they show you their freshest because that's what they want you to see first. And I just find life so interesting that, you know, I like to just talk about what's happening in real time. But, you know, I don't give a shit what other people think. So that makes it easy
0: you know well and and i think and i think that it's interesting uh, you know when we talk about that uh, because i uh, you know there there's different parts of that to unpack um, first i wanted to just mention verywellmind.com says the psychological stress symptoms in men uh, recognizing psych- psychological symptoms of stress early on may help prevent your stress from escalating to chronic level psychological symptoms of stress may include now, obviously, we know the the obvious ones: sadness, depression, crying, this kind of thing. But some of the things that I found interesting were uh, the changes of eating, uh, the feelings of insecurity, and also I think they also mentioned something about uh, the the sex drive aspects of things. So, oh. believe it or not, when you're experiencing Stress, you can become even more wanting sex if there's a possibility of, you know, wanting to, you know, have sex for the wrong reasons, so to speak. And I I found that very interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Well, or the opposite. Yeah.
1: Or the opposite. Totally zap your sex drive.
0: Yeah. You know, that's interesting, though, right? Because then it sort of starts to create like a chain of events, right? Because now there's this, the sexual element is added into it which means the intimacy element is added into it but yet for some reason with with some men we feel like that taking that stoic approach is the healthy way to go about it right and and every one of the stereotypes in society sort of feeds into that too wouldn't you agree like they're actually supporting you to be you know that word toxic in some ways, and you're the most toxic to yourself. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I'm sitting to me, you want me to be honest? Of course. Okay, well, I'm sitting here going, what the hell? (laughs) Well, because I'm like, are you really telling me that people still have a hard time understanding the difference between feelings and emotions? You know, and I don't let somebody can no. Well that's maybe because I came out of all those years of foster care. There is no freaking way I could have even as a child let people dictate how I process, to let people dictate how I view the narrative, which is my own story. So that's why I tell you, I'm grateful for everything I ever lived through, especially those things that started when I was a kid. Because it just mm-hmm. came in as a gift. So what I'm getting at is, I believe it and I know it is an issue, but I just feel down to a cellular level. I feel totally sad for men or anybody mm-hmm. who don't now, know. Do,
0: do you think that the sexual, you know, the sexual preference like sex. aspects of things or the community things have anything to do with that? Like in in your neck of the woods, do you see a lot of this more? Openness and, and these ability to to cope and, and productively communicate, or do you see also in the gay a gay community or the LGBTQ plus community or rainbow coalition is like what I like to call them is you know uh, that these same issues arise because I'm very curious about that as
1: a as a straight guy. Uh, first of all, what direction does love go in? Does it go crooked? Well, no. And it doesn't go straight either. It just mm-hmm. goes. So when you ask me, well, what's it like in it? What's love like in your world? Oh, I, have, I, I explained I it to you. People I, in my I, mean, life that I love, you know, yeah. Shit, before I got married and I was out there dipping around. You'd be shut. Most of them were straight guys. Mm. I'm just saying. So it wasn't about, I'm just saying the things that matter, they don't fit underneath a specific hat or roof inside of a certain box or package. You can't catch them, draw me a picture of love. You can show me something that represents a heart or something, but you can't show me love in a picture. You can't catch it, it can't be contained. That's interesting. That's interesting. Well, I
0: mean, you know, we had Eric Rogel on, and he talked about the the powers between the masculine energy and the the feminine energy, and how you know those had to kind of have a yin and yang balance
1: inside. That's different every though, every individual, that's right? That's energy. That's not love. Love is unconditional. Energy is different.
0: Yeah, I I don't think that we're necessarily talking about love as much as we are of like how people project. Their um, communication with stress, right? Like in my world, as as you put it, or how's it over here on my side of the house? For a very long time, until I went through therapy, um, I was that stoic guy. You know, someone would say to me, "What's wrong?" and I'd be like, "I'm good." You know, it was always about whatever the in state was, and not really being honest to myself most importantly about what was going on in the moment well, and so that's, that's the clarification that i was looking for is is that is there a difference in the dynamic in that relationship well, I'll tell you what the difference is
1: the difference between and this is the only thing i think really speaks to your question okay as far as a gay man speaking it to a, a straight man it's like this it's easier for me because I already said, fuck what y'all think. Mm. I'm a love who I want to love starting with myself. Mm. Now, you know, I can't help it if you didn't find that in Vagina Valley. Okay? Mm. But I found it, and I'm not letting go of it. And because mm. I learned to love myself, I learned how to be loved by someone who wants to do that with me and for me. And it also allowed me to love everything around. I love to introduce people I love to other people I love. And it just keeps going. So my point is, for anybody who's ever experienced unconditional love, you should understand it in all directions. That's what makes it unconditional. Duh. Mm,
0: it's interesting.
1: So also in my research,
0: I look at the You know, Michigan State University had a, had a pretty cool paper on the strategies to cope with family stress. What's that? I said, go Spartans. Yeah, go Spartans. Yeah. So, so, so listen at this. Figuring out what stress management tools work best for you can uh, be a process. While there is no perfect way to manage stress, there are some tips that may work for you and your family. And I know that Brad's listening uh, backstage. So, when we get him in here after the commercial break, I'm, I'm really excited to see if he, if he has any of this kind of checklist. You know, it says, first, know your own stress cues for example when you're stressed do you you become forgetful short-tempered clumsy or something else take time to do something that is meaningful relaxing fun to you and your family uh examples could be read a book sit on a porch etc uh practice deep breathing or mindfulness which I thought is, is a very good one um, because you know we talk about that in therapy. And get enough sleep. Now, this is one where I completely fail. How about yourself? Do you get enough rest? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Uh, and accept your sure emotions you. and feelings. Wait a minute, back to car okay? Yeah, sure, go ahead. I said I'm almost 60. I don't apologize for naps anymore. Oh, I love that. I created a, I created a lifestyle that allows me to take a nap when I'm good and goddamn ready. <laughs>
0: so, okay, Captain Feisty. Okay, I'm done. Uh, so Lauren is going to take a uh, nap when he's good goddamn and ready. For those of you that didn't catch the uh, that catch the cue there.
1: Now, just, here's I, an interesting I'm one, Howard. So being able to say that—that's all it is. And you better hope when you're sixty, you can say it and mean it. So you're saying because you're old, you're older, able to. You. I'm not old yet.
0: Okay. Older than me. Yes. Older I'm than older me. You. Okay. So what about accept your emotions and feelings? That's a good that one. That was a tough one for me. It yeah, still is. Yeah,
1: You've got a 10-gallon hat on as you speak. What's that? You're now? Tough. Well, look. Think about it. You're Cowboy Jacks. It says it on the screen, but nobody can see it because this is audio. You got on your hat. You got on your corduroy jacket. You look just like a cowboy, which means you got to walk like a cowboy, which means Mm. you got to spit like a cowboy. Mm. Your boots got to make the sound the cowboy's boots makes. And underneath all of that is still the same concerns and fears and worries that every person has. Has nothing to do with the hat or the spurs. That's all I to say. So, so that,
0: that's an interesting point, right? So, so the groups that we have or or around, right, yep. can be a reflection of how we feel about ourselves because of the packaging. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a great point. And uh, when we come back, we're going to be with our guest today on this episode of Like a War Rock, right? Can't wait! Here he comes. Brad's going to be here. Ooh hey y'all this is cowboy jacks i just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat in relationship conversation in this space right here your product your service your message let's ride hey y'all we're back and you're listening to license for love this episode is called like a rock right and i'm with my good friend dr lauren michaels harris um Hey, hey. Doctor, would you like to read
1: a little bit about our guest before we get him in here? I'm scared too because I don't want to get booted from the broadcast. Uh, it's your—I'm kidding. Broadcast. Yeah. Brad <laughs> Allnut. First of all, he's got to be brilliant because he's married to our wonderful guest from just a couple weeks ago, Lindsay. What a story! This father of three and husband to the one and only is most selfless, humble, caring, compassionate person in this world. Lindsay Allnett, now he's saying that about her, Aww. I am currently, this is Brad speaking, the video production manager of Speedway Motorsports. Ooh, that's exciting, managing member of the OBAT One Breath at a Time Foundation, and the owner operator of Bearded Designs. Mm, that's interesting, I can't wait to find out more about that. But yeah, that's uh, just a little bit about our good friend, Brad night. Welcome to the show, Brad. Thanks for having me.
0: So Brad, uh, you were listening a little bit of me and the doctor um, bantering back and forth like we always do. I saw you chuckling a little bit, which is good. We, we love to make people laugh. But another thing that is a big point of our podcast is, do we judge a book by its cover? And I'm just curious, because of what you deal with, with a wonderful woman who has a potentially life-threatening disease, do those kinds of stereotypes and reflections of you having to be like this rock all the time, like, do you see that from people or is that something that you boast out, you know, on your own because you feel like you need to?
2: Are you, at, so you're asking if I get the stereotype of being a rock? Is that what you're asking?
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, is, do you, do you put that on yourself or do you have other people that look at you and they're like, oh, Brad, you know, you know, Lindsay has to deal with this, this, and this. So, you know, you need to be strong for her all the time. Like, what, what is that like for you being the other half of, of that
2: relationship? I mean, it's, it's not like anything. Um, You know, to your all's point earlier, you know, to what you guys were talking about, and like I said, I was listening backstage. It's unconditional. When you find that love, it doesn't matter what they're going through, what you're going through. It's all unconditional. So, whatever it is that she's got, we're going to face it together. That was that's never a question. So, um, as far as do I see myself as a rock? Do I see myself as any? No, I mean, it's just, it's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, whatever it takes, we're in this together. So it's it's not just her fight, it's our fight.
1: Okay, can I ask you something, Brad? Um, that's kind of similar to what I think Jax was going for, but from a different perspective. Okay, so how about this one? you know there's a there's got to be this fine line a balance point if you will where you know when people are sick or something's going on they don't want us to tiptoe around and act like nothing's going on but then at the same time you have to be sensitive enough to be proactive and protective when someone is insensitive and it's just you know what i'm saying it i man it's like a tightrope thing I would think, you know, that's what I want to know about. How mm, is that's that a really good know, point, too? How do you manage the, the wait, roller coaster? Uh, excuse effect. me, can you get off my toes for a second? Um, I wasn't finished. My point is this it's like when a person they need their independence and they need to be able to do certain things because it's their fight first but we feel like you want to jump right there and lay down your, your 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 jacket across the mud puddle for them to walk across, that sort of thing and how, that's what I want to know how, what kind of instincts must you count on to know when to hold them and when to fold them
2: yeah, um So, the best way to answer that question is luckily, our relationship goes back 15, 16, 17 years. Mm. And in the beginning, you know, we were both very young. Um, But Lindsay's personality has been the same. I think she came out of the womb with this is my fight, nobody touch it. Wow. So, she's just a little spitfire. And, it makes it a lot easier on my side to know when to say, yep, you got it. Have at it. Um, and when I need to lay that coat down, um, to to your point across the puddle, but it, it is, it is hard on my side because as her husband, as the one that wants to help her fight this, you want to, you want to take every battle from her and fight it yourself. And she is not the type of person to do that. I mean, it took up until, you know, August 25th of last year when we got the diagnosis that she needed the transplant for her to actually open up and even let the world know what was going on. I mean, we've been married for four years, almost four years. And up until last year, half of my family didn't even know that she had the diagnosis. She just doesn't let people in she doesn't want people to know she wants everybody to look at her as just a normal person she doesn't want the sympathy she wants to do everything without those judgmental eyes or you know the person telling her she needs to eat a cheeseburger or whatever uh, because to everybody else that's what they see so like i said to, for me it was a um it was a it was a lesson taught early To know when to kind of back off, Um, because there would be times where we would, I would want to help her, and she was just, she would kind of shut down and shut me out, Um, and I just had to wait for her to come back around, and and we would talk through it, like, okay, why are you shutting me out? There's no reason to shut me out. I'm I'm just trying to help you, and and, you know, we would have those conversations. But to your point earlier, we can have those conversations. We can sit down and we can say, okay, look, what's going on? Why? Why did you push me out here? Or why won't you let me in here? Or you know whatever. And you know we work through it. Does that help at all? Does that answer?
1: Yeah. Um, can I ask a question, real quick? Sure. What about Brad? What about when you get scared, but you can't show it? What do you do? You know where? You know we all have that place we go to. Oh, why? Life? Why can't he show it though? Why can't he well show? because because you're in, let's say she's two feet across from him, and he knows that she can read him like a book, but mm. he has to put it somewhere for the sake of the greater good of the moment, because yeah. no matter what, he knows what he promised to be to her
0: through all things. That's so that's it, interesting. I want I want him to answer that, but then I'm going to ask a
2: question in return. So. That's a, that's a difficult, um, I'm not the best at putting that out there. Um, so a lot of times I just have to bottle it and I keep it in for, you know, until it gets to where it's just so much that I can't let it out. And then that's usually a late night phone call to a friend or, you know, my close circle of people that. I can kind of break down with a little bit and let that stuff out and you know i'm fortunate to where i've got several of those in my camp that help me talk through things and work through things and um uh, but well, that's important you know, keep me going forward but it is a um yeah very important um but that, to your point it is really hard uh it's not something that you can i mean even with like a simple cold you can't. I can't. I don't even. I wake up in the morning and I've got, you know, I got a headache. Lindsay gets up every morning, bright and early, goes to work every day. Never complains. Never says, "Ah, oh, I just want to lay here and sleep." You never hear it. She gets up. She goes to work every single day. And I wake up and I'm, you know, I've got a headache and I'm like, "Man, I just want to lay here and sleep." And I'm like, "Nope, I can't do that." And, and it's not like I can tell her, you know, she'll be like, what, what's wrong today? And I'm like, nothing. I'm good. Perfect. <laughs> See, and, and,
0: that, and that's exactly why I wanted to do this episode and exactly why I wanted to do this episode with you is because it, it, it sounds very noble in some respects, but th- there is proof from a psychological position, from a therapeutic position, from a health condition uh, perspective that you are hurting yourself in some ways because you're just kind of packing all this stuff in and then like a camel letting it go like is is that something that you made a choice for and or, or is that something that someone said this is what you have to do
2: no I don't it was a, a personal choice there isn't anybody that's told me I have to do that um, it's just one of those that it's more of a respect thing in my opinion. Um she's such a I mean, we well, all met her. You've talked to her. She's she's a very she's a one-of-a-kind, unique. They broke the mold. So when I see in my mindset what she's dealing with, why would I burden her with anything else? Because that's that's the thing. It's not that in my mind, if I'm not feeling right or if I'm having a bad day and I want to talk about it, it's more of a venting thing on my side. It's not that I'm looking for that compassion or or looking for her to fix the issue or anything like that. It's more of a venting. On her side, though, because of the type of person that she is, she is so compassionate. She is so loving. She wants to fix it. So if if I'm not feeling well, then she's like, well, what can I do for you? No, 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 I don't need you to do anything. I need you to stay there and rest and take care of yourself. I don't need you to come take care of me now, you know. Or uh, if it's a bad day at work and you know, and I'm venting about that, she's like, well, you know, she wants to talk to the person and 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 figure out what's going on and why they're not. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't need you to fix the issue, you know. But that's that's how she is. She's just well, she's yeah,
0: because that that's how that's how relationship head. dynamic works, right? It seems like that you're willing to take on the weight of the world. But in, in which, again, is, is noble, but at the same time, it, it takes away from the absence of her being able to be in that dynamic of normality that she wants to be able to live in. That, that's what I'm that's what I'm feeling into it. Um, so let's talk about how many hours uh, a week, a month that you're on the road. I want the listeners to really understand the amount of stress and pressure, um, that you're under living the other half of this dynamic?
2: Um, what is today? (laughs) The 16th? Yeah, I think it's Thursday. Yeah. So as of when we record this, yeah. Yeah. So as of now for this month there, we've, we've passed 16 days in the month. I've been home this month one day. Um, I got home Wednesday night, Tuesday night about midnight. See, I can't even keep track of my days. Where are Uh, you? So I was in Sonoma, California, uh, working out there at the racetrack the beginning of the month. And then um, I came home Tuesday night late, and I'm home for a couple days, and then I will leave on Friday and go to Bristol for a day trip, come home. Then I will go to Nashville on Saturday be in Nashville through Friday, come home, go to Atlanta on Monday. So I'll be home two days, go to Atlanta on the, on Monday, be in Atlanta for three days. I'll come home, be home for three or four days, and then I'll go back to Atlanta and then drop straight from Atlanta after I'm there for a week and straight to New Hampshire for two weeks. So on an average um, right now for the since February, I would say that I'm actually home maybe a total of a week week and a half a month. Wow, yeah yeah, I mean that
0: that is just that is just absolutely insane because i'm I'm looking at this this list <laughs> of these different things, you know, and I and I need to send you the list um, because I, I want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. We got to go to commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about the OBAT Foundation and I'll unpack unpack a little bit more with Brad um, in regards to how he manages all of these different kinds of things, because I'm sure we have a lot of men and women out there that are listening to this today that can relate to just wanting to take it all on. We'll be back in just a moment. Lauren, you want to take us out?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Don't go away. Lots of great content right around the corner. Stay put.
0: Hey, y'all. This is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey, y'all. You're listening to License for Love. Like a rock, right? Is our episode today with Mr. Brad Allnut, and I'm with my good friend Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. Yep. Lauren, what do you think about all of that time spent on the road away from his his family and his wife with this condition that that that? Uh, can you? Wh- how would you handle that if that was I you? Did it.
1: I get it. It was like that kind of for me, not well, the first couple of years speaking, you know, um, seven months out of the year, I'd be on the road. And the thing about it is and I was thinking this, Brad, when I was listening and watching you, and, and Jax was asking these certain questions, and I was like, "See, right there, I knew exactly how he was doing all of it, how he was managing it, and it's because of those vows those covenants we made, uh, when we said we would do whatever through whatever. For as long as however long it takes. And when you say those things and you mean it, what you need to accomplish, it becomes meaningful somewhere in your universe at that very moment. And things he agreed to way back the very first time, even before marriage and the, the actual proceedings, we make a covenant, we know when that is our soulmate. We know that he knows that when he wakes up, right after he takes that first life giving breath, it is her face he sees. That I understand because I made those same commitments. And so that's how I feel about it. And I think that is what why it's important. That when we do make those covenants with people, those bonds, and we complete those circles, we should mean it. Because it could very well mean the difference between life and death. Many times before it's all said and done, because you need that 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 circle completed. So that when yeah. one finishes, the other one picks up, so on and so forth. And see, she gets that. She needs to be able to help, just like he needs to be able to help. But, yeah, we but he, he doesn't let help. her help. But right? we all like have he, trouble asking
0: for help. All right, of us. but he doesn't. But he doesn't let her help. Like it's not that she doesn't have. And you know, maybe you know, we'll unpack more when in our final thoughts. But I, I thought you mean, you, let you let let know, raised help. some good points. What's that? What do you mean he doesn't let her help? He doesn't. He he takes on everything himself. Like even to the point where if he has a headache, he doesn't, he no, no, doesn't no, no, express
1: no. any of that. He doesn't allow her to help. Sorry, it's like, it seems like we're talking right around you, Brad. Like you're not even here. But I just want to say this and then you jump in. But I wow. think he does. If he didn't, she would not have been on our show if he didn't support her. She's oh, that actually, actually, he
0: was the one who said, and I quote, she won't do the podcast. All right? Comment on that, Brad. That That's a good place to jump in. Right. When, when we talked about having Lindsay on the podcast, you were like, nope, she won't do it. Like
2: right? I, I said, she wouldn't do it. I said, mm. it'll surprise me if she opens up. Mm. That was what I said. Um, yeah. She definitely opened up. A lot. Yes, uh,
0: yeah. And and I think one of the biggest reasons why is, you know, unfortunately there's been some other things that have happened in the family, you know, that she briefly touched on. And if you're not comfortable talking about it, we don't have to. But I think that that was an epiphany for her, how important self-care is. And I think if there's one thing that we want to get across in this episode today of being the other half. Of of that dynamic is that your self care is just as important too, right? Um, so I just want to ask you, you know, do you know your own stress cues? For sure, for sure. And then and and how do you manage those? What are some of those that you know that it's time to take a break? So
2: with me, it's um, I become very short, so I can tell. And, and, and I don't mean just in height. That was, I was blessed with being short my whole life. So, oh, you and Lauren oh would be like the lollipop gang. Like, seriously, you guys could. <laughs> I'm like the six foot giant that we have to walk around with here when we're in person, you know? Thank you so much. Thank you, Brad, brother. Yeah. Um, But no, so my, my response has become short. My temper is short. Uh, just in general, it, it's that's when I can tell that things are starting to build up. I've held a little bit in too much, um, you know, work. I'll let a lot of those things kind of piggyback. And, you know, I mean, I work in a very, very fast paced environment. So there's issues that arise daily and several times a day and having to think quick and resolve those issues to make things move forward. And, um, you know, that becomes stressful in itself. So trying to separate that stress from the stress of, okay, I really need to get back home. I've been gone too long. I need to be back home and make sure things are taken care of at the house versus, uh, you know, well, she's been kind of short this week and her answers when I'm talking to her, which means typically means she doesn't feel the greatest. Um, that adds to it. So it's like, okay, I know she doesn't feel great. She's fighting this. I'm out here. You know, all of those little things add up, but I know I can tell when I'm starting to get stressed. So when I do, that's when typically I close off, I I will pull myself out of an element and I take myself and go, you know, I'm an outdoorsman. So I make time to either go to the woods and hunt if it's that time of year, or I go to a lake and I will fish or you know, I may just sit there and watch the the water or, you know, or if I'm an artist. I'll pull out a piece of paper and I'll just start sketching. Anything that takes my mind to a total different place and I can make myself just kind of shut down without thinking about everything going on. Um, and that's typically, that typically works for me. That's my easiest and quickest go-to to resolve the situation.
0: Do you find it difficult sometimes to accept your emotions and feelings? And what I mean by that is, is, will you blow off things? Will you bottle stuff up? Or do you digest it and address it just like eating an elephant one bite at a time?
2: So I learned at a very young age that if I'm pushed to my limit and I let those emotions get the best of me, and I immediately react, that reaction's not the best. Um, I'm either going to say something that I don't mean, Mm -hmm. um, something that I regret, or who knows. So now I'm the person that if I get mad, or if there's something that just pushes me to that limit, I'm done. I will disengage, I'll take myself out of the situation, and I'll process it, and I may come back to you and. Ten minutes or it may be a week and then we're going to talk about it but at that point i'm calm i know what i need to say i know what's in my mind and we're going to have a a conversation about it it's not going to be a argument it's not going to be a screaming match or anything like that but it's going to be a conversation and that way you can resolve it um but that's the way i handle everything whether it's or like you know a disagreement in our relationship, or if it's in a work atmosphere, or, you know, whatever, what happened, Even with the kids. You,
0: you, you've you taken the time to hone and, and craft these things. It wasn't something that just happened yesterday. Like you had to stay patient and diligent, right? And, and constantly doing it in order for it to come into fruition. Like, I think that's important for our younger You know listeners to understand that may just be getting into a relationship or something you know that that these things these skills are attainable you just you have to stay diligent in in doing them over and over again yeah for sure yeah so let's talk about the obat foundation um what have you guys been up to um why do you think that it's a great thing from your perspective of of starting it being the other half of this dynamic and uh just just kind of unpack some of those things
2: for us so first off let's talk about what's what we've had going on lately um so our most recent events we had a golf scramble um which was very uh, successful we had quite a few teams quite a few sponsors and raised quite a bit of money for the foundation um we've got a few more events coming up in the summertime we're going to do a um kind of an outdoors event geared around bourbon and um, a fish fry and some bands and some different things like that. And then uh, we always Lauren and I both smiled when you said Mm -hmm.
1: fish fry. Like we're both like, yeah, we want to be a part (laughs) of the fry, baby. I thought maybe that was more about the bourbon. uh, But a golf scramble sounded exciting too.
0: You play golf? No, but I'm gonna learn. It's gonna be my old man thing. <laughs> I can drive the cart. I can drive the hell out of the cart and drink a lot of beer, but I can't play golf or the shit. Really?
1: I'm gonna learn. Okay. Um, so all right. Brad, what do you what's the objective of the organization? So the foundation stands for
2: one breath at a time. And our whole mantra is that nobody should face these kind of times alone um and what brought us to that was when we found out that lindsay needed this transplant the first thing that the um the doctors and the nurses in the hospital told her was it's a very very costly procedure which we had already found out firsthand you know when she before she got that diagnosis she was battling bad infections and she would get put in the hospital and have to you know, stay overnight to have pick lines put in, and you know, the very first time uh, it was right when the world was shut down um, with COVID. It was September of uh, 2020, and she went to the doctor basically because her daughter um, JLo has asthma, so she's been seeing this pulmonologist uh, out of UK, which is one of the world most world renowned. I think he's ranked third in the world or something like that, and just so happens he's 45 minutes from us. Um, but her daughter was kind of like, Mom, you make me go to the doctor all the time. How come you never go get checked out? So Lindsay was like, Touche. So she went. And the very first visit that she went on, her doctor, because her doctor was, when he was seeing Jayla, was always like, Lindsay, you really need to let me check you out. You really need to come see me. You need to make an appointment for yourself. And uh, the very first appointment, he was like, You've got a bad infection in your lungs. And he said, We've got, we're going to admit you today. And she said, No, you're not. And he's like, what, what, what do you mean? And she's like, no, nah, I'm not staying in the hospital. I figured out something else. So he said, um, okay, let's try these over-the-counter antibiotics. So she said, all right, we'll do that. And he's like, they're not going to work. And she said, well, we'll see. So he gives her these over-the-counter antibiotics. She took those for two weeks, comes back, and he says, didn't work. We're admitting you. And she said, no, you're not. And she, he says, what do you mean? And she said, you're not admitting me. She, he says, I'm not staying in the hospital for two weeks for antibiotics. Figure something else out," he said. "Okay, what if we put you in overnight, and I can, just so I can monitor, because these are high dose antibiotics, and then we can send you home with a home nurse?" She said, "Okay, that'll work. We'll try that." So we go to UK. I wasn't even allowed to go in the hospital, so I got. So you down.
0: have no say in any of this. Like yeah. she just flat out
2: says, "No, you're yeah. not." Yeah, and, and that's I it. Mean, this, is me. this is to the doctor so remember number three in the world pulmonologist and she says no you're not and and now you wonder how I you know, this like i said it's she she's made the rules very easy as to what she wants help with and what she doesn't um so he you know he admits her in the hospital again it was during covid i couldn't stay there so i get a hotel across the room or across the uh the road and they put in this this iv and the next morning, we come in there, and I was up all night long, wasn't getting any updates. I was worried, sick. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? So finally, I was like, screw it. I just get up the next morning. I go to the hospital. And I'm like, I'm going in there. That's my wife. I'm going in. Whatever. You can kick me out if you have to, but I'm going to go see my wife. So I walk in the door, get in there, and what oh, you're telling me, no, one minute. <laughs> one minute, I got you. So, so I go in. I go in. I'm, we get in there. Long story short, they're like, we don't have home health care in Owen County, so you're going to have to take care of it. Do you have somebody that can switch these antibiotics out? And she's like, yeah. So I'm like, I'll do it. So for the first time, it was every four hours, on and off, around the clock. We had to hook up an antibiotic, take it off. And it was supposed to be two weeks. Ended up being three. These antibiotics were $600 a week. Plus, you had your overnight stays, your hospital, okay, all that. That in general is what made us say, nobody's gonna face this alone with the OVAC Foundation. So we said, that's what we created the foundation for. It's not for Lindsay's, um, you know, paying for her treatment. We've got insurance, I'll be paying debt for the rest of my life if I have to, if that's what it takes. I don't care about that. But if we can help somebody else who's going through this, who doesn't have those opportunities, then that's what the OVAC Foundation is for.
0: Because it's rare, right? Because it's it's not something that is like so, you know, mainstream publicized such as, you know, right. certain kinds of cancers and ALS and all that different kind of thing. So, well, we are almost out of time for this segment. Uh, Brad, what would you say before you go, before you get out of here to anyone that's the other half of a dynamic that could be dealing with this mortality uh, you know, uh, situation on a daily basis? Like what is the most honest thing that you could say to somebody?
2: I think it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. Um, if you're the other half, just remember those bows. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Just it's unconditional. Be there no matter what, you know, and and in my mindset it's your worst day is probably one of her better days Mm. so just no matter what you have to keep going you have to keep moving forward and you have to keep doing what you can do so that you are there for her when she needs you or you're there for him if it's the other version or however you know whatever whatever your situation is you're there for that other person for your significant other and i mean that's that's basically what i do It, it and it's not it's not because anyone told me I had to, or anyone says it's what you need to do. It's what I want to do. And it's what I feel is the right thing to do. There you come
0: in. Yeah. And on that note, folks, Brad, thank you so much for being with us today. We'll be back in five with our final thoughts. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat in relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message let's ride hey y'all this is cowboy jackson i'm with my good friend dr lauren michaels harris and we just wrapped our segment with uh, a very brave and humble guest uh brad allnut on our episode like a rock right lauren uh i know we're running a little bit uh uh on time here um yeah. what what are your thoughts man like I learned
1: a lot I'm gonna tell you something, seriously. What, what a, mm. it's just very encouraging. It's very, um, it just feels good to see, to know that this is uh, alive and well in the world. And um, what I mean is um, a union, a union that creates and created everything they needed before they even knew they would need it. And that's—I just love it because, you know, a lot of us miss that we have it, but we don't know we have it until we need it. And with people sharing their stories like these two, um, Brad and Lindsay Allnut, it gives us an opportunity to experience it before something befalls the person you love or yourself. Yeah. So I just love that about it. I'm just really encouraged. Great people.
0: Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that that I walked away with that I was surprised um, and which is why I'm glad that we do this this show because of the judge a book by its cover. If I was a listener listening to this and when I first heard Brad speak, um, I would have bought into that stereotype that this guy is not necessarily connected with himself. Like he's just, you know, like blowing things off and just taking on all this weight and everything else. And so I'm glad that we had him on as a guest today because two things really came to the surface. Number one, um, he's taken the time over the years to really understand good stress management practice, to identify the cues of his stress, and really understand you know where he sits in that dynamic which I think is huge. And number 2 which I think is really good is the fact that he has outlets to be able to to talk to people to to download to people so he isn't you know completely just kind of self-destructing because of the fact that he wants to give everything to her and I really wouldn't have necessarily thought that uh, on the onset. So I was really glad to hear that. You know, I think those things are really, really important. Well,
1: I agree. But I will say this too about Brad. Um, What I loved most over anything else. Today was that it was proof that, you know, not only did he honor his covenant, his agreement, his contract with his bride, Mm. but he was able to do that because he honored the covenant he made with himself. Mm. And that's where I know, even in my own journey, if I was ever to point to why something went south, why this went to the left, or how this got all screwed up. I would have to point to myself in most cases, I am responsible for that Mm -hmm. because, and that's what happens with so many of us, because we break our covenants with ourselves. And that's what I love about Brad. He wasn't going to allow that. And sometimes that's the hardest agreement of all is the ones we make with ourselves. So hats off.
0: All right, you know what? I. I absolutely could not agree with that more. You know, it seems like that we have so many talkers out there in the world, so many keyboard rangers that are ready to play Monday morning quarterback. But really what it comes down to is, you know, uh, no matter what community that you live in, no matter what your sexuality is, honoring your agreements is what makes you a better person, and yeah. Lauren makes a really great point in the sense of that the agreements that you honors to others are in fact honoring yourself, which is which is so key, and I think is is absolutely needed. What what an interesting episode to go from talking about some of the stereotypes that that men have to face to always. Be strong. Always take care of things. Always, you know, not be able to to be vulnerable and transparent to a point of understanding that if you're in integrity with yourself, then everything else just starts to fall in line on its own. So, that's right? Yeah, that's well, right. Well, uh, I, I think we've said a lot today. Uh, any final thoughts? I got one. Just remember,
1: everybody. You know, if you. Lie to someone else, it means that you had to lie to yourself first. And that's the one person you should never lie to yourself. Mm. So I take that one for whatever it means to you.
0: I love that. Um, uh, my final thoughts is this to all the men out there and, and women as well. Um, it's, it's important that you take care of yourself. Um, it's important that you have a plan of self-care. And the more stressful and the more people that are involved in that environment understand that the less that you take care of yourself, the less that you're able to take care of someone else. That's what I've learned in my journey. So I'm Cowboy Jax. And I'm Lauren. And we'll see you on the next episode of License for Love, the heartbeat in relationship conversation. Be encouraged. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris, the heartbeat in relationship conversation.